Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live here at Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Coming out and see us at the district, 114th South. Want to remind you about our friends at Cypress Credit Union with the lowest fees and quickest keys. Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com today for details as i mentioned for 114 south 3561 west marley's gourmet sliders that is where we are oh you sneakily got uh, set up with some fries over there gordo pardon my chewing because i'm eating some fries that are really good right now you want yeah, some no i'm i'm fine i'm we're we're doing a segment oh if you, if you didn't notice there you sure you don't want you know, one? we're live on the air no i'll, I'll pass for now i <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, we'll have some today. Yes, but I, I think I'll, I'll time it a little bit better. Well, oh, was, and they're I, not even yours. Are they Bert's? No, they're mine. They're, well, they're everybody's. You're eating Bert's yeah, fries now. over there? No, they're everybody's. Everyone but Austin's back in the studio. And, and it, I, I thought it would be good to just sample the the the, the food because I'm going to eat dinner after the show. Wait, why did you just point out that Austin is the one not getting any food? You know it's torture enough for the, the producer to be back in the studio while we're talking about food all day that now you have to go out of your way to you, point that you, out? You have to ask me that question, you who roots vehemently against all your friends' teams, right. that it's all in good fun? But last Even when their mortgage is on the line? <laughs> last time I checked, food was more important to human life than their team winning. Says you. Yeah, but food, food in this case, it's not like Austin is starving to death back in the studio. Why? Yeah, why, did, why are you going at Why are you going at Austin? Where's that like anonymous that, hotline Be- number? Because it's just <laughs> because we're just funning. First, you point out that he's the only one not getting any food, and then you you go to a uh, a weight joke. No, 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 that's not what I meant. I didn't mean. That it was a weight joke. I meant that he isn't starving to death back there. I didn't say he isn't missing. Are you Mother Teresa? (laughs) I'm just pointing out the fact that he's not famished. You're making it worse. (laughs) That's not. It's funny how you took it that way because it's not. It's not. I I didn't intend it in that way, any way, shape, or form. I think everyone took it that way. (laughs) You are something else. You really are something else. All right, let's talk. Let's talk a little. These are really good, by the way. I know their fries are, are unbelievable. Let's talk a little uh, BYU football. Uh, our very own Jake Hatch, who produces for DJ and PK, uh, does the uh, Locked On Cougars podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, does a lot of different stuff for us. Uh, Hatch does a fantastic job. He had a chance to sit down and interview uh, BYU's O line coach Eric Mateos. Now, Gordon. This, uh, this offensive line was certainly hyped coming into this season. And, uh, you know, you've talked to some people close to the program as well as you had to eat another one. We're in the middle of setting up this clip. I'm li- listening. Come on, man. I'm, I'm listening. But we have heard rumbles from down there at mm. BYU that folks are not too – well, let's just put it this oh, way. Good. They're a little grumpy 
over yeah. the performance of the offensive line, specifically in that Toledo game. Mm-hmm. Really grumpy about how many times the quarterback was getting hit. And it is ironic, I know, that he got hurt chasing down a, an interception. But <laughs> he uh, he took some hits in that yeah, game. He did. And they were not really pleased about how the O-line was playing. And so Hatch caught up with Eric Mateos, and he had this to say about the performance of his O-line. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of moments in this first part of the season where we listen to too many people talking about how good we were. And, you know, that's, that's, that's poison. And I think we heard too many of those, too much of that noise, especially in the offseason. I kept trying to tell people, stop giving us the crown. Can't but, down the expectations. But, uh, well, not just that, because no one's expectations are higher than ours. Yeah. But when you're a 20-year-old guy and somebody tells you how awesome you are, eventually you're going to start believing it. And so I think we performed really Really, uh, really well versus Southern California, and I think we got a little bit too big for our britches on the O line. So hopefully, we get back to you know kind of gritting our teeth and make sure no one knows who we are. Well, at least he didn't call him fat, lazy, and entitled. No, he did not. But I mean, maybe a little entitled with that comment, um, yeah. that kind of hype to a locker room is poisonous. Is, is it really that fragile, though? I mean, guys see that uh, okay, they think we're good. That was. I mean, in my mind, that should encourage these guys to to, to to work even and play even harder. Oh, I, it has the opposite effect all the time. Why do you think trap games are a thing? But I, it, I mean, I, I, all I'm telling you is from my standpoint, with my mindset, I'm surprised that it happens as much as it does. Well, we can't you, all have that Gordon. No, Johnson no, mindset. that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the steely that steely nerves. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying that it, it would it would uh, fill you with even more pride, wouldn't it? So to hold to a certain standard. Can all have the laser focus of <laughs> come Gordon? Who come on? Truly focus. No, on I mean every you're opponent. you're in the middle of a freaking season, and you're gonna after you play great against USC, you're gonna sit there and go, "All right, I don't have to focus. I don't have to work hard anymore." Come on, that's just. That, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I get it. It does, but that in some ways seems counterintuitive to me. But isn't that exactly what happened to that offensive line against Toledo? That's, well, that, that's, that's what great, he's saying. It's a great explanation of it because they probably did think like, oh, well, I blocked terrifically well against the Trojans, and now we're going to go play the Rockets of Toledo? Okay, well, we got this one in the bag. What, but but, but how, then, how do then, you have it in the bag? What do you say? What do you do, do during the week of preparation? Do you not pay attention to the film? Do you not pay attention to what your coach is saying? Do you not go out and work hard in practice? Yes, to all of the above. Well, that's just stupid. It gets you beat is what it does. It absolutely does get you beat, 100%. But yet we see it all the time. Well, I I think sometimes you don't see it. I think, you know what, I think we saw it a little bit uh, with the Utes when they played USC. Oh, well, BYU just beat this team. Do you think that's what the problem was? I think part of it. I mean, it, I think it, some of it was schemed by coaches. I do. I'm not saying it's the whole story by any means, but I think we saw a little bit of that there. I mean, we certainly the the BYU offensive line that we thought we were going to see this year. They should have played better against Toledo. Now, there's probably multiple explanations for that, you know. But are they underperforming for their talent level? I think so. And if you're looking for an explanation, there's their coach right there saying maybe we believed it a little too much. 
Okay. Didn't think we needed. We didn't think we needed to work for it as much because we thought we'd arrived. Well, I, it happens a lot. That would be extremely frustrating for a coach because you would expect them after a fine performance to coach them up against letting down. And so, if the coach is saying that all week, and they go out and do it anyway, that would, as a coach, that would tick me off. Because it's the exact thing I've been guarding against all week long. Well, you, did did Eric Mateo sounded like he sound like he was in a good mood? To no, you? no, <laughs> he didn't. Did he sound right. like a guy who was pretty, you know, satisfied with what's going on? What has BYU's offense uh, offensive line proved to anyone that would make them fat and sassy? What have they done? What have they accomplished? They were a 500 team. Well, I think that's why he's saying, like, the hype is poisonous because well, you, you start to believe it without having have done it, right? I, I just don't know how they could have believed it. They, they haven't done anything yet. Well, they, they've they all had experience, most of them. They beat SC. Big freaking deal. But as far as rushing offense goes... BYU, Gordon, you know what they are right now in rushing offense in the country? Want to take a stab at it? Well, they did lose their, their best running back, but I would, I would since you asked the question that way, I would probably put it, what, 80th, 90th? Lower. Where? What Keep going. It? 100? Keep going. 110? Keep going. <laughs> Let's see, how many teams are there? 119? There's 130. 130? 120? 123. Wow. 102 yards a game. That's not uh, that's not overly good, but they have been throwing the ball quite a bit, right? And? <laughs> Look. That automatically means that they a- should be bottom 10 in the country in, uh, in rush yards? Well, I mean, and, and by the way, affect. I think I, I think Usupa and and Katoa are pretty good. They're better than what they had last year. How many total rushes? Uh, let's see here. Let me get my stat line straight. Uh, One hundred forty-five. So in five weeks, they're uh, three point five two yards per carry. Yeah, that's not very good. No. Mm-mm. No. Well, yeah, you got to lay a lot of that at the feet of the offensive line. Those guys have to do a better job. But I just can't get past the fact that somehow they got fat-headed over the fact that they beat a couple teams. That's just weird. How do you I, allow that to happen when, you're, when, you, when you do have talent? Well, I don't think it was just getting fat-headed over those couple of teams, or at least what I read out of Mateo's comments that they they read some stuff during the off season. You know, they probably paid wow. a, uh, play, paid attention to what some folks out there were saying. Yeah. And and I I admit I'm I'm guilty of it. I thought the O line would be a strength of the team. Yes, yes, I did. You know, I I think that it's funny that uh, that Eric would say it that way because that's as, as much an indictment of the coaches as it is of the players. Yeah, that is true. I mean, you cannot, as a coach, you cannot allow your your players to think that way. But yet, you know, you weren't critical of Mike Leach when he said what he did. 
because he put it all on the players. Well, I was a little critical. I thought that he was a little over the top on that, calling his players those things. But but he has responsibility it, it, right. for those things. You're right. And and Mateo certainly did it a lot more diplomatically than yeah. than Mike Leach did. And I think it is part of the coach's responsibility, like you were just saying. So. Uh, you're kind of pointing a finger at your players, but you got three fingers pointing back at you, and that you cannot allow that to happen. That's just that's that's poison. That's poison. Well, and that's, isn't that isn't that a coach's number one directive, right? To make sure that your players' minds are in the right places. So you think that during the off season, when the coaches don't have much contact with the with the players, that they just went rogue what do you mean by went rogue well they just went off on their own thinking now we're all good we don't have to work well nobody does it that that consciously gordon well i mean mean, we're we're, but, but if you're a coach your number one priority is to make sure that you have the minds of your players and hearts I agree. And and Coach Mateo saying that probably is coming from a place where he's being leaned on by his offensive coordinator who came up as an offensive line coach. <laughs> yes, he did. So he's probably and played the offensive line. So Coach Mateos is probably not real pleased because I've heard I'm sure he had an, a meeting or twelve mm-hmm. after that Toledo game over the bye week where they're telling him, Hey, your players should be playing better than this. Well, this is also a team that got crushed by Washington. Who might not be very good. Well, I mean, well I'm exaggerating I that, just, I just don't know how. Maybe, uh, have you thought maybe they're not as good as people thought they were? Well, Washington, I've been telling you that all No, not Washington. I know. I'm, I'm talking about the offensive line. Yeah, I think that that could be the case. But, I mean, we, we've heard, we heard guys before the season like Hans Olsen. I'm just using Hans as an example, by the way. There are plenty of people talking about this. But Hans saying there may be as many as four NFL players on that offense. Well, maybe, maybe we're all wrong. You know, or maybe, or maybe but, but they're I, not motivated I, and focused to play but well. But, see, I understand that that's what a coach says because what's the coach supposed to say? You know, we're really not that good. Our players aren't that good. If you say that at this point in the season, then you lose them. If you, if you say, hey, man, you focus a little more, you pay a little more attention to the details, you work a little harder, then you can correct that. Right, which is, but, but Mateos chose to use some language that was a little bit sterner than that. Because that's, <laughs> that's mostly the coach speak you always hear, right? We've got to execute a little better. We've got to prepare a little yeah. better. We've got to study a little harder. And, and his comments were, hey, this, this stuff, this mindset that we got affected with, with was poison. You know, these headlines and the way that, the, that these young men reacted to the attention that they were getting, it, was a, it had a negative impact on this group of people. And the thing with the offensive line, Gordon, and you, you talk about this all the time, I mean, it, it's, the, it's the one unit in football where it is a dance. Yeah, you have to move as one. Coordinated. You have to be on the same page with four other dudes. And if one person makes a mistake, if one person takes the wrong step, or if one person picks up the wrong guy, it's devastating. Yeah. And so. And it, beyond that, that offensive line is, in my opinion, the heart and soul of a team, of a lot of teams. And so if they are not responding the way they should from a coordination standpoint, from a, from a mental uh, focus uh, standpoint, you got problems. 
Well, and it only takes one. It yeah, only because takes it's, one guy. it's attitudinal, but it also has a huge uh, you know, uh, effect on the team where that everyone can point to and look at and see and say, our heart is bad. <laughs> now you got a problem. Well, I think it's about more than just heart. And, and saying your heart is bad. But I mean, the, bad, I'm talking I mean, about the heart of the team. Well, okay, fair enough. Uh, I just don't want to – because I, I think this happens to more athletes – then is given credit as much as it goes against Gordon. What everything you stand for? Uh, well, I mean, it's what, personally, it's not much what anybody, any athlete should stand for, right? Yeah, but 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 look at this. Look in the NBA. How many different examples can you point to? Hundreds, thousands, where guys have career years in the final year of your con- of their contract. Yeah. How many examples? That, that, well, I mean, I'm, that's I'm, that's. I'm just saying that that's not particularly healthy. But that's somebody that has more motivation and more to lose and more to gain and so all of a sudden and it's not a conscious thing it's a subconscious all of a sudden their their preparation their focus everything goes to a different level because they have a lot more on the line i think that is a conscious thing uh i think it probably can be i think it is but but i honestly don't think athletes who uh are not on a contract contract sitting there and thinking, you know what, I think I'll half-ass it today. Oh, I think those players need to look at themselves in the mirror and think real hard about how they can correct that once and for all. Are you only going to play well? Are you only going to play with determination and focus and force when when your contract is on the line? Right, but I mean... That, that's a character flaw. And you can get on your high horse all you want, but you got to admit that it happens all well, the time. I understand that it happens, but... Uh, if you've got a player who is a, a pro's pro, it won't happen. You don't think that just by sheer name recognition, motivation alone, you don't think that it's a thing with some of those BYU players that their preparation and their effort and everything was sharper against USC than it was against Toledo? Of course. What happened to that preparation against Washington? I thought you told us that uh, they just went up against a better team. Well, yeah, but I'm not going to say that Toledo's the better team than BYU. Yeah, okay, you can look at it either way, but I think that was a, a train wreck against the Huskies. Okay, yeah, it wasn't pretty. But was that because Washington was better, or is that because BYU uh, was uh, buying into well, their own headlines? It, it depends on how good your offensive line is. If this was supposedly the strength of your team. You've got a problem. All right. And it needs to be corrected. And whether it can be or not, I guess we're going to find out. Josh Parcell joins the show coming up next. We are live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders, 114 South, 3561 West. Get out here and try these sliders. And if you do, get any slider and you're going to get a free batch of shoestring fries for free just for mentioning the zone. Mm. Gordon will probably steal some of them from you just a a warning. Get on out here. You won't regret it. Of course, they do breakfast, too. They have their location in Linden at Timpanogos Harley-Davidson. But, of course, their brands make a new one here at the district, 114 South, 3561 West. Still have a couple of jazz T-shirts to give away uh, to you for coming in, but certainly come in and get yourself fed indeed and i was kidding about the donut box of donuts things with austin that was that was a joke mm-hmm. that was just funny 114 south 3561 west josh parcell joins us next 97.5 and 1280 the zone Stand up for your right. 
Big Show, 97.5-1280 The Zone, live at Marley's Gourmet Sliders, 114th South, 3561 West. Come on out and see us. Gordon, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint is the network built for Unlimited with great deals on great devices every single day. Visit the Sprint store near you. Uh, joining us now is talk a little uh, college football, get the national perspective. Of course, you hear his podcast, College Football Country. He also is on WFNZ in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, as well as covering college football for Sirius and XM Radio. He's our good friend, Josh Parcell. Hi, Josh. How are you today? What's up, fellas? Good to be with you, as always. Absolutely great to have you on the show. Uh, give us the national perspective on the Pac-12 right now, Josh. We're seeing teams we thought we were that we thought that were good get beat by teams that we thought were, that were bad. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's unpredictable, isn't it? I mean Washington was supposed to be one of the contenders. I mean just an inexplicable loss again last week to a Stanford team that's really been struggling to find its footing this season. I actually had David Shaw on our show earlier today, and, you know, Shaw would talk about how exciting it was to get that win for Stanford, but then at the same time, that cost the Pac-12 one of the best chances they had at maybe making a a run towards the playoff. It's tough right now for the Pac-12. They've struggled when they've stepped out of conference. So, you know, it's one thing when a league like the SEC can step out of the league, win some big games against, Big 12, Pac-12 teams, whatever, and then beat itself up during conference play. The Pac-12 hasn't been able to win the games out of its league. So when you have you know Stanford go in and pull off an upset, or Cal, for example, pull off their upset, it becomes harder for the league to really uh, say, well, you know, they're just beating one another up. When in reality, they've struggled against you know the likes of the other Power Five, their, their peers. I, th- I think right now the Pac-12 is in a really, really bad spot. Uh, when it comes to national perception. And, you know, Utah doesn't really have the schedule left to make a case for the playoff. And they're going to need a lot of help if they're going to get back into the mix. And that's that's unfortunate because there's an opportunity there for them to go 11-1. How damaging is that Oregon lost uh, to Auburn? Auburn loses to Florida. And so is that is that enough to, even if Oregon goes all the way or if Utah went the rest of the way and beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, just no chance anymore. It's lost, huh? It's just about. I mean, you can never say never just because we don't know what could happen. I mean, heck, the Big 12, you, know, you can see a couple upsets and there's a two-loss champion out of that league. You never know what happens in the Big 10. But the Auburn loss, to answer your question, is, is brutal. Because Auburn's a good team that's probably going to end up losing at least four games this season, maybe more. I know they got off to a great start, but now you look at the way that schedule shakes out over the next month and a half, it's hard for me to imagine Auburn being any better than 9-3, and three, more realistically 8-4, and 7-5. And five. And if you're Oregon and you win the Pac-12 and you lost to the fourth-place team in the SEC West, how on earth are you going to be able to legitimize – you know, your resume for the playoff. I, I, I thought that game meant everything to the Pac-12, uh, similar to Washington's game last year against Auburn. It, it, it's tough. And I, I think if Oregon goes 12-1, and wins the division, wins the conference, or Utah, unless there's just absolute chaos in front of them, it's highly unlikely that the Pac-12 puts a team in the playoff this season. Josh Parcell with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Josh, who is the best team in the country right now? Oh, why you got to ask me the hard questions? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think it's Ohio State. 
surprisingly enough, they certainly played the best. I think you know, college game day, they asked the question a couple weeks ago, if, you, if a, aliens came to the planet and had never seen a game before this season, who would they think is the best team? And it would be Ohio State. They've just been the most dominant. They've got a tremendous defense. They've got great NFL talent. Chase Young might be the best defensive player in all of college football. Justin Fields looks completely unstoppable right now. I love that, that team. I think they're incredibly well-balanced. Alabama, there's some concerns there. There's concerns about their defense, their secondary. Even the run defense has been susceptible at times. Uh, Duke, South Carolina were able to run the ball a little bit on those guys. So I, I think that I think Alabama has some vulnerability. Uh, and Clemson just, I mean, apathy is what's getting in Clemson's way right now. We've seen this before with teams like Florida State back in 2014, Ohio State in 2015, that had loaded rosters. Florida back in 2009 is another example. Teams that are loaded bring back a quarterback. They have everything going for them. The schedule sets up for an unbeaten run, and yet they just seem to play down to their opponents. Clemson's done that a little bit this season. With Texas A&M, they didn't blow them away. And, of course, North Carolina really should have beaten them a few weeks ago in Chapel Hill. I think that I would go, uh, of course, with Ohio State. But, man, it, it feels like while well, at the beginning of the season we were all ready for Alabama Clemson Part 5, I think there's about eight or nine teams right now that think they have a legitimate chance to get into the playoff and compete for a title. Josh, I want to drag you back out to the Pac-12 for one more question. It's this. Would you still favor the Utes to win the South, and would you favor the Utes to win uh, the conference so they could go to the Rose Bowl? That's not a bad uh a prize uh, if you didn't go to the playoff? Oh, of course. That would be an awesome season for Utah, no question. I think that I would. You know, Next week's game against Arizona State is going to be a huge one. I mean, the Sun Devils are quietly putting together a really nice season You know, with Herm Edwards, which I love to see. I, I think Herm Edwards is a great coach and a great person. That game will be a big, decisive one. USC getting Keaton Slovis back, that's big for them. They, of course, own the tiebreaker over the Utes. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be tight for them. I, I do think Utah is still even with the loss to USC. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12 South, uh, and I believe Moss is expected to play this weekend. If I'm not mistaken, so getting him back healthy is big. Uh, slight favorites for Utah, but but don't sleep on Arizona State. This team is is tough and well coached. Josh, not to take you uh, into the NFL, but who is more likely to be head coach of the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys next year, Lincoln Riley or Jason Garrett? <laughs> I'll say Garrett, but uh, I like the way you're going. I like the way you're thinking. It is, it's awfully, it's awfully fun to think about Lincoln Riley with that, those weapons, isn't it? I mean, you think about what Dak Prescott could do. He's, he's been, you know, inefficient this season. He was good earlier and consistent, rather, is a better word, but he was great against the, the worst defenses early on. He struggled the last two weeks. And Garrett just seems to find a way to hang on to this job. He's been there since 2010. Every time you think that that it's he's on the way out, they win a big game, they go on a run, they get hot. That Dallas team still is very good, and I think they could ultimately win the NFC East. A couple bad weeks, notwithstanding. Yeah, it's gonna. Can you imagine where Lincoln Riley could go? He could pick whatever job he wants. You know, the NFL is just hungry to get him into into the league somewhere. I know fans in Carolina have even mentioned like if, if things don't work out with Ron Rivera, could they, with the richest owner in the NFL, pry him away from Oklahoma? I'm fascinated to see what happens with Lincoln Riley over the next few years because there is nobody in football at any level that's doing the things that he's doing from an innovation standpoint. It reminds me a lot of Chip Kelly about a decade ago. 
All right, so I have to ask you a question, Josh, about who's the best uh, the best player in college football as it pertains to, say, the Heisman and whatever. Is it Tua? Is it Jalen Hurts? And wouldn't that be a kick in the pants for him, uh, given uh, his route out of Alabama? Or would it be Joe Burrow? Uh, is somebody else? There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys. Joe Burrow is having a great year. He's going to have an opportunity when they play Alabama at the beginning of next month to make that statement. He did a great job past the first test when they beat Texas. Uh, as far as Tua and Jalen go, you know who wants that ESPN. They want that storyline. They want that narrative for the last few weeks of the season. I mean, can you imagine those two guys? Not to mention, you know, Justin Fields and Jake Fromm, like the Georgia Connection. There are a few other guys out there. But what's crazy about Tua is last season he was doing things we felt like we had never seen before. People were asking whether or not this is the best Alabama offense of all time, whether it's the best college football team of all time. His numbers through five games this season are better than they were a year ago by a lot. And yet nobody's really talking about it. I feel like we're almost taking Tua for granted at this point. Tua is tremendous. He was my pick to win the Heisman. He's the odds-on favorite to win it right now. Jalen Hurts is being punished a little bit because of what Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield have done before. I think that if Tua can beat LSU, uh, if they, they go undefeated, I do think Tua actually wins the Heisman as long as he stays healthy. I think enough people feel bad about what happened to him last year getting hurt at the end of the season. He was the favorite all year long until really the last two weeks. I think people feel like they owe it to him to win a Heisman for the career that he would have had. I, I would bet my money right now on Tua winning the Heisman. But there are five guys right now who, who have a, a big case. Sam Ellinger this weekend has a huge opportunity in the Red River shootout. You know, one thing that really stood out to me about Tua is, do you realize that after 20 college starts, he's Alabama's career touchdowns leader? That's <laughs> that's impressive, man. Uh, I mean, they didn't throw it a whole lot back in Bear Bryant's days. I mean, uh, Joe Namath was <laughs> it around 45 times. So it is crazy how these records, you know, continue to fall in, uh, in just a wide-open area of the NFL. But, yeah, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that Tua is very clearly – in the modern era, the best quarterback Alabama has had. And, it, and it, you know, things about, think about how dominant they've been for a decade, and they've done it with pedestrian quarterback play. McCarron, uh, you know, of course, down the line, uh, Jacob Coker, uh, Blake Sims. Uh, I mean, they just haven't had Greg McElroy. They haven't had dynamic threats at quarterback. Now they have that. I mean, how can you bet against them? I know I told you earlier, Ohio State's the best team, and I do believe that, but and uh, hard press for me to bet against Alabama, even after what happened last year against Clemson. They, they just they, they got dudes. Tua looks good, by the way, because of those receivers too. I mean, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith—that's the best group of receivers in the country. And, and Tua is great. Those receivers make him look even better. Josh, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the weekend of college football, and we'll catch you next week. Absolutely. You guys do the same. Thanks. Thanks, Josh. Josh Parcell catches podcast, College Football Country Podcast. He also uh, uh, does College Football Show on Sirius XM Radio, as well as WFNZ in Charlotte. Nobody loves college football more than Josh. Yep. Our guy. You, you can hear it in his voice, man. He loves it. Who, who is the best college football team in the country right now? Because it might be Ohio State. He might be right, but I, I refuse to have that be my answer. <laughs> Just because you hate the Buckeyes? Do not care for the Buckeyes. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I have to wait and see.
Don't care for the Big Ten either. And wait and see. Who, Come on. Who, who am I going to vote for for the Heisman? Since I never do that thinking myself, who would you, you do the thinking for me? Is it Tua? Uh, is no, it, is I it Jalen Hurts? Is it go with Hurts at the moment? Although that uh, the kid that uh, Utah State ran up into uh, at LSU is pretty dang good yeah. too. Yeah, and Bro. they have a they have a game this weekend against Florida. In yes, Baton and I watch I watched that Florida Auburn game, and uh, that was a pretty good contest. It came down to that eighty eight yard run by that one kid, and uh, Florida ended up winning. So I don't know. We'll see. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. Live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders. Come on out and see us. 114 South, 3561 West. More of the big show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Successful or failure in the preseason? The 34-point loss, 80-point win. The bottom line is there's so many variables about a preseason game that just make it to where you can barely ever measure anything from it. Anything. I don't care if they missed all their shots. There are guys on the floor that are not going to be wearing the jersey. What you need to look at is the reality of that moment. Preseason is you experiment, and sometimes you come out with an eight rookies played against the Milwaukee Bucks Mm -hmm. with the reigning MVP by 34 in preseason, mm-hmm. it's not about the win and loss. I know I wouldn't even be too concerned about how the team played because eight rookies played, and I don't think you'll ever see that again yeah. the rest of this season. Yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Want to remind you, join Hans and Scotty coming up on Friday, a football Friday from noon to 3, as Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. Live at Marley's Gourmet Sliders, 114 South, 3561 West. Come out and see us. Uh, we have just a couple shirts to give away, but grab a slider. Mention you heard it on the zone. They're hooking you up with free French fries. I see good people come to to Marley's, Gordon. We just uh, met a, what a longtime friend of yours who just came in. We did, and I'm stalling a little bit because I'm waiting for him to get back in his car so he can hear me uh, give him a shout-out. We've got a delay. You'll be but, all right. Uh, my, uh, my old uh, college roommate, Beef, came by. What a great nickname. He, You know what? He pulls the nickname off, Beef. It, yeah. it, it works for him. Solid dude. And he played rugby. And uh, he, you know, I, for the first time, I asked him. I, I haven't seen Beef in probably, boy, how long? I want to say 40 years. No, probably a little less than that. Just a little less than that. And... I just, Beef was kind enough to come by, and I said to him, Beef, what's your name? What's your real name? And he said, David, but nobody knows that. (laughs) Beef. And then I showed him a picture of my wife, and he remembers her when we got married, and he said, man, you made a deal with the devil. And I, I looked, and the first thing that came to mind is, well, Jake did too. (laughs) 
that's not the first thing that came to your mind. And it was the first thing that came to my mind. I said, we're, we're, we're all lucky around here. We are. So, anyway, Beef, good to see you. But that man. was fun. He, he came he in. He said, I knew more. I, I used to argue with you about sports back in college, and I knew more about sports than you did back then. I said, nothing's changed. He, uh, he came in calling you Moon. Yeah, that was my nickname. Moon Monson. Was I, it was I'm just a, Moon. I'm, I'm assuming, assuming there's a, a, you know, mooning-related story responsible no, for No, it's not what you think. It was a friend of mine who spoke Swedish, and my name is Swedish. He said that my name, in some loose interpretation, it's meant just moon. a naked man. And so from that point on, I was known as Moon. See, that part I don't believe. I think that's it's probably that's the honest, from a, the goodness truth. a bare backside incident, is no. what I'm guessing. No, it wasn't that. At least I don't think so. As far as you know. Well, Moon, <laughs> it was nice to meet your old roommate. Beef. Good to see Beef. You know, it's it, even when you don't stay in touch with people that you knew way back when, it sure is nice to see them, you know? Yeah, and absolutely. It's, it's, and it's hard to keep track. Now, Jake, you're off to a good start. You keep track of your old college buddies, don't you? Yes. I do some of them, but I haven't been able to keep in touch with all of them. I've obviously. been pretty good about it, I think. Hmm. Long time, long time friends. People, well, people who knew you way back when are either bring comfort or they bring distress because they know too much about you. Well, yeah, but if they're good, truly good friends, they'll keep that to themselves. <laughs> uh, real quick, top of the third inning, the Astros uh, already up on the Rays, four to one. Oh, Astros in uh, in Game Five of that uh, divisional series going on right now in Major League Baseball. They're the better team. Aren't they? Likely the better team. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's probably true. But just keeping you up to date on what's going on with a little Major League Baseball. I want to remind you about our, our friends here at Marley's Gourmet Sliders, 114 South, 3561 West. Come on in. Grab a slider. Mention you heard it on The Zone. They're going to hook you up with free shoestring french fries, which are absolutely delicious. Remember, they do breakfast as well. And, Gordon, they have that location in Linden down at the Timpanogos Harley-Davidson. And that's one of the coolest buildings you'll ever walk into. That is a cool building. But I like this one, too. I mean, as far as the atmosphere, the way they do it. I mean, look at that. Look at that sign over your right shoulder up here. Oh, yeah, that thing's awesome. It looks like it came out of a garage from 1920. It does. And and I like that. I like that motif, don't you? Yeah, no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. So come on down, check it out, grab a slider, mention the zone, you'll get those free French fries. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Cougar preview show, Will Snowden. We've seen over the years African-American influence on BYU's football team, but we have not seen the African-American influence at the quarterback position. Jaron Hall is the first African-American quarterback to play at BYU. This is a big deal. This is something that should be celebrated, and I get the feeling that people get uncomfortable about us celebrating that. It's like, oh, no, talk about that. It doesn't matter. We don't care. He's a football Yeah, we know we don't care. I think it shows where BYU really is. We are known for having great quarterbacks who put up great numbers, and I think this is huge for not only BYU, but the whole state of Utah, the church. It's awesome because now kids who are watching BYU say, oh, wow, look at that Jaron Hall. It's a different look than we've ever seen, so that's exciting. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
wrapping up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want to say a big time hearty thanks to our friends here at Marley's Gourmet Sliders. They really are the best. Get out, get out here, get yourself fed. 114 South, 3561 West. And uh, Gordon, uh, you... You in particular really enjoy these Marley's remotes because you have uh, Lisa come meet you for dinner pretty much every I time. Do. I do, and uh, always look forward to that. She likes the food just like I do. And uh, I, look, when a place has good food and you have this kind of atmosphere, then what's not to like? Pretty awesome. Yeah, and and I, you know, I'm rather particular about the food I eat. I'm not necessarily Mr. Fancy Schmancy kind of food either, but I, I like good, hearty food, and that's what this is. And I think a lot of Utahns fall into that category. What would you say is your pickiest eating trait? Is there one? Because we all have one. Like, like I told what? you the other day that I don't like cheese on my sandwiches. Uh, I, I, I don't have anything like that. I'm not, I don't like really, really rich food. Because it, it doesn't sit that well with me. Um, and I don't like liver. I don't mind liver. You don't have any quirky thing like you like ketchup on something or you don't like it on something? or uh, I like peanut butter on carrots. Is that weird? I've heard peanut butter on celery. But no, uh, okay. Let's see, there you go. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. But generally, and I don't like real spicy food. That's not my thing. All right, Gordon, are uh, you going to get yourself uh, ready for another Game 5? Are you going to watch baseball again tonight? A little bit here and there. I'm not going to sit down and watch uh, a full nine innings, but uh, I'll check it out. Who are you pulling for? I'm not pulling for anybody. I really don't care. Between the Astros and the Rays? No, don't really care. Makes no difference to you? No, but you've poisoned, speaking of poisoning, you've poisoned my mind. I mean, don't you hate the Strohs? No, I, I don't. I'm or was it Austin? Because somebody was saying how they were rooting for the, for the Rays. Well, because he's an Angels fan. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. How, well, about, how about you? You going to check out a little yeah, baseball? Yeah, I, th- I, think I'll, I think I'll watch it a little it's bit. It's a time of year. Playoff baseball is terrific. It really is. Uh, maybe even uh, maybe even have to check out the Thursday night football game, watch the Patriots trounce the Giants. Yeah. You'll a lot, be able to a lot hear- of stuff going on tonight. And by the way, I mean, the only reason I wouldn't watch is if, if one of the teams are up 13-0. So yeah, that may, that may affect me in watching the second inning or whatever yeah. it was. I, I probably wouldn't spin my beanie. Thinking, uh, speaking of Thursday Night Football, that is coming up next. Stay tuned. We want to say thanks to uh, Marley's. Say thanks to Josh Parcell for joining us. Uh, Ryan Callen, sideline reporter for Oregon State. You can get all of our – Ron, excuse me. Uh, Callen, sideline reporter for Oregon State. You can get all of our uh, material podcasted. Uh, just search out uh, The Big Show in uh, your favorite podcast catcher. You can grab that. Thanks to the Austin Horton, the EP, The Movie Zone, coming up next as well. Austin, what can we, uh, what's the uh, poll question real quick today? What's your favorite movies to watch during the Halloween season? All right. Uh, Charlie Brown, the, the Great Pumpkin. And we got that a lot so far. Yeah, Join I'm us sure next. All right, Movie Zone coming up next. Stay tuned. <laughs> Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.